Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Jay Harvey. How are you, Jim? Hey, Jay, I'm good. And one reason I'm good is to be in your company. Of course, oh, you're my always goodness. most excellent company. Thank you, but Jim. But also, we're at Quack Daddy's. Quack Daddy's, yes. Quack Daddy's is a donut shop in Pendleton, Indiana. This is your hometown, it's Jay, It's the right? heart of the Midwest, and we That's are right. downtown at a place called Quack Daddy's, which is always a buzz. It's always a buzz, and people crowd in here to get donuts that are custom-made. Yes. And we're here because it's a place of community gathering where great ideas are shared, where people come to chew the fat. In fact, I've just sat through a most <laughs> amazing conversation with yes, some people did. in this place that will just live in my memory for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, we want to draw you into another conversation, and we hope you'll stay with us because right here at Quack Daddy's, it's all about food and life. We'll be right back. So, Jake, Quack Daddy's is in Pendleton. Pendleton is a very, very old town. Right. Uh, today kind of being subsumed by the Indianapolis Metro, but still has its own character, its own groove. Very cool place. Correct. And one thing that sets it apart from other donut shops is that you don't walk in and just look at behind a glass, there's rows of donuts of different kinds. So right. there's no donut on display here. Right. What happens when you walk in? When you walk in, you're, you, it's a very warm place, inviting place. You walk in, there's, a, there's an ordering system, which can be a little bit uh, intimidating at first, but uh, the people here are friendly and they, and they walk you through it. It's a very relational place. And so you get a piece of paper, you find out what kind of donut that you'd like. Um, they're kind of form-made cake donuts that are fried, and then you decide how they're topped. And so you pick an icing or a topping. One of the favorites here is maple bacon, which I know might sound good, it might sound new, but people uh, seem to try yeah. them from, yeah. uh, from time to time. It. Yes, had it. you've heard, but not tried. And then it's a, it's a very nice place to bring kids and sit and have a donut, maybe a glass of milk or juice or coffee. Uh, the whole concept is part of this Midwest culture of providing a place of community for people to come and talk. And the owners here had that in mind when they created this place. They wanted to kind of pour back into the town, create a place of community and life and authentic conversation and get to know people's names. And uh, it's worked out great. It's worth a visit, I promise. And one thing that separates it out is you make your own donut custom. Yes. Well, you don't actually make it, but you order it. So you want to have maple icing, then you want to have sprinkles, then you want to have peanuts on top, whatever you want. It's custom made right before your eyes. And That's it's right. very fun, That's but it's right. also very interactive. You right. can't come to Quack Daddy's and be alone. That's it's right. a place where you have to talk to somebody, you have to place your order, you describe, and all of that feeds the sense of community. And the reason we're here with Viewpoint is because Viewpoint is really about conversation. Right. It's about helping us to see our world from heaven's view, to understand our lives the way they should be understood in the full dimensions of our physicality and our spirituality. And right here at Quack Daddy's, a name derived from the ducks that float right. on the pond nearby. And that's right. Uh, here at Quack Daddy's, it's a place where people come and they, they arm wrestle ideas. And today, Jay, that's right. we're so glad you're with us, not just as a co-host, but as an author, because you right. have published a book called The Wrecking Ball. Right. Now, it's, there's a title. That's a title. When we it, come back, I want to right. talk to you about the title. Okay. And it's also grounded in some ancient writing right. that is still powerful with truth. Stay with us. Jennifer Wilson, you're the original co-host with me here at Viewpoint, I and am. during all of these years, have you ever been with us to the Holy Lands? I have not. Well, JJ, I want you to come with us next time because we're going to go again in January 
2018. Why in January? At the front end of the month, we'll be in Bethlehem for the Orthodox Christmas Eve. Wow. And then we're going to walk through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem. We'll be on the Mount of Olives and overlook that city so over which Jesus wept. Hmm. We'll go to Galilee and you'll go out on a wooden boat framed like the one Jesus sailed on and you'll see the bowl of mountains upon which the lilies bloom like Solomon's glory. Wow. There's so much to experience, so many places to go. The scripture comes alive. JJ, come along with us. And everyone listening, we want you to join us. How do you get there? Check out our website, cbhviewpoint.org. Read all about it. Or give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, toll free. See you there. Jay Harvey, you've written a book called The Wrecking Ball. All right. right. What's that title about? Well, as I was kind of searching for a title, um, something that would kind of catch people's attention, I thought The Wrecking Ball, and then the second half of the title is The Divine Interruption. And the reason I came up with that is so often as a pastor, I was, I was seeing people that wanted to uh, do something, start a ministry, uh, even in my own life. Uh, trying to find God's will for my life when I was a young Christian and starting things. It seems like sometimes there would always be obstacles or things would just get wrecked. And what I came to find out was sometimes that was a divine interruption, not necessarily my incompetence or the enemy's work. And when I learned that, that God loves us enough to wreck our plans so that we may stay dependent upon him, it became the thesis for my book. You know, the wrecking ball is, I mean, just the phrase right. immediately brings an image to my mind, this huge black ball and a chain. Right. It's, it's a pretty right. blunt instrument. It, it I'm is. hearing you say that in life, right. sometimes we run into scenarios where we think we might be doing the right thing, right. but in fact, it's the wrong thing. Right. And God himself may intervene. Right. And it may shove us a little bit. <laughs> Is right. that right? It may not be just a, a gentle whisper or a, <laughs> uh, a suggestion. Sometimes God knows that if it's not brought down, if it's not completely destroyed, and, and I know those are harsh words, but they lead somewhere. It, it was not what he's asked us to do. Or there are things ahead that we don't see that he's trying to protect us from. And unless he brings in that divine wrecking ball to bring down our once godly ambition that's turned more selfish, then... You know, it will be harder for us to find our way back to him in that sweet fellowship that he desires. And so that's the reason for the shocking imagery. And so the, the wrecking ball isn't about just being destructive. Right. It's actually about creating a new space where right. something better right. can grow. Right. And exactly. I know all of this is grounded in a famous story from the Old Testament right. about a group of people who had some pretty, shall I say, no pun intended, high ambition <laughs> to build a building. Right famously called the Tower of Babel. Right. Jay, where's the story of the Tower of Babel found? It's in um, Genesis. What we, chapter? We find it in Genesis 11, and I've always been a, a lover and a student of, of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And this story would always kind of stump me uh, when I was a young Christian reading scripture and, and studying and learning. And, and because it says, now the whole world had one language and common speech. And as people moved eastward, they, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And 
you read on and it says they said to each other, come let us make bricks, uh, bake them thoroughly. They use bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they begin to build this wall. As, as you may have familiarity with this story, they begin to build this tower. And when I did more research about it and as I grew into maturity, I found that uh, there were many people groups in this area building similar towers to their gods. And the thing that always puzzled me, Jim, was God's people said they wanted to build themselves a city and a tower that reaches the heavens, okay, uh, so that we may make a name for themselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the earth. Now, a lot of people will just say, well, that's a prideful thing to make a name for ourselves. But they were actually doing it as God's people. They wanted to make a name for God, their God, Yahweh God, and themselves to more or less show the other people groups that they were God's people. It was so a I'm, bit of a, a testimony. Thinking, yeah, In I'm words, thinking, what's wrong with that? You're reading the story and, right. and, and this verse, verse number four, then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower, tower. that reaches into right. the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But you're reading it to think, wow, they, they really weren't so self-focused right. as they were trying to protect their culture, be a testimony of who they were, the God right. they served. The tower was to represent that. Right. And they all spoke one language and they were, they were achieving this thing. And, and so every time I would read it, you'd get to verse five and it says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, verse seven, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Uh, so that's a bit of a wrecking ball. That's a bit of a <laughs> wrecking ball. If I can't ball, communicate with you. All of a sudden, they can't speak the same language. They can't work together. Um, and verse 8 goes on to say, So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. Now, I would always go, God, why? Why? They were speaking one language. They were unified. They were building this city as a community place for them to represent you. They were building a tower to show everybody else that were building their towers to their gods that they had a god and and they wanted to build their tower for them. And you're you're so sophisticated and you're <laughs> wrestling with it. I'm looking at it as are skyscrapers evil? <laughs> That's maybe a more surface interpretation, but yes. you're wrestling with what's wrestling the matter with, with the project. What's the matter with this project? And uh, as I grew and as I began to pastor and I began to, to mature and, and continually come back to this scripture and say, Lord, you know, what was it? What, what was it really? It began to dawn on me and, and he revealed that that's not what he'd asked them to do. In the, in the chapters prior, he asked them to scatter and fulfill the earth because the whole earth needed taken care of and, and it's the world that he created. And so he gave them something to do, which was to continue on, scatter out, fulfill the earth, and take care of it. They stopped. They looked around at where they were at and decided on themselves that we don't want to be scattered. We want to remain together, and we want to build this tower to compete against the other gods. In other so, words, we're going to honor God yes, on our own terms. On our own terms. Not according to his instructions. Right. And then, Jim, I became a pastor, and I began to see this played out over and over again people wanting to, to honor God, but do it in a way that uh, they had control over, that uh, made sense to them. And it always can start off um, God-led, spirit-led, uh, with, with godly ambition. But the moment that uh, obstacles would come or push back or that it wasn't succeeding the way that they wanted it to, they would always quickly blame the enemy or just that nobody else would help them along. And God would always bring this scripture to my mind that says, maybe it's not the enemy, maybe it's me. 
protecting them from something that they don't know. And first of all, I never asked them to do this. I want to steer them back into my direction. My rest, my peace. If there's something that I want you to do, you'll know when it's time to do it. And, and as part of the modern uh, church culture, especially in the West, you know, I put a lot of that blame even on myself as we... We, we create an environment of, of anxiety when it comes to serving God. If we're not doing something, then we must be doing something wrong. And so I, I started to write the book. It's called The Wrecking Ball, God's Divine Interruption. And it, what it really ended up doing was freeing up a lot of people from believing that doing something was good, even if God didn't ask them to, because sometimes that can create stress in families and anxiousness and um, low self-esteem. And then they come to find out, well, God didn't even ask me to do this. I need to pray more. I need to rest in his peace more. If there's something for me to do later, I'm sure he'll reveal that. And boy, if many of us can get back to that way of living and trusting God, I think that the church will be a much more peaceful place. Well, and I think, Jay, what you've just suggested to me in my own journey is that I've often pursued what I consider to be noble ends. Right. But sometimes you get so preoccupied with what you're doing and where you're going that you forget the one right. who asked you to walk right. forward in the first place. Right. And then you get off point. Right. And then the crushing sense of failure when yes. I can't get the tower done. I right. can't even understand my neighbors anymore. How did our relationship unravel? Why isn't this working? All of that so despairing. And I'm hearing you say, no, 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 be hopeful. Yes. Because actually this may be a great opportunity right. for you to return exactly. to your maker and understand more completely his oh, blessing in that, your life. That's it. And, and I think it would be not as powerful of, of, a, of a work for me if I didn't have the ability to go on and say, no, this, this actually, this divine interruption reveals an even greater love from God for us. Loves us enough not only to send his son to die for us, but even as we do things out of love for him, if, if he knows that eventually it's going to hurt us or cause us to have feelings of failure and low self-esteem, that he would rather bring it down and, and kind of give us that only option back to him as a way uh, to remind us, encourage us that he doesn't expect some of these things, that he is still the Lord in control. And if you just go to verse eight again, so the Lord scattered them from, from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That was his original plan. So he had to confuse their language so that they would scatter and those who spoke one language went this way, one who's, uh, who spoke this language went the other way. But God's plan came to fruition because he wanted the earth to be taken care of. When, when I try to help people understand that in, in this divine interruption, it, it should be able to set them free to rest in God's presence. And when there comes such a time that he calls us to do something, trust me, you'll know. And sometimes it's just showing up and uh, resting in, in the fact that God has, has redeemed you. And it, that could be a long season as you get to know him and pray. But if you're coming into a situation where you, you feel like, well, everybody else is doing something, I have to do something too. Uh, I just refer you to Genesis 11 and say, look, yeah. uh, you know, unless you hear it clearly, stand fast, have faith. God is, God is more than able to bring you to the right place at the right time and in the right way. And that might take a while, so and relax. Stop looking at everybody else's tower. Right, They may exactly. not be doing it right either just because they're off the ground. That's right. That's exactly right. As you've been walking me through the Tower of Babel again, Jay, suddenly my own life came into view. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know what? When we come back, I just want to tell you a story. Okay, great.
So Jay Harvey, my guest yes. today, has written a book called The Wrecking Ball. He's drawn some lessons from the famous story in Genesis chapter 11 of, of a group of people trying to build a tower to the heavens called the Tower of Babel. The Lord intervenes. He uh, kind of gives them a wrecking ball and tears down the project yeah. because they're yeah. confused now, can't speak the same language, can't get the job done. Jay, wrestling with the story, has concluded that maybe when we find ourselves up against a wall, when plans don't work out, it may be the Lord's intervention, not just the enemy of our souls. Sometimes right. we're always looking at the devil's hand right. in all of our difficulties. But God often intervenes in our lives right. in ways that seem to be oppositional at first, but actually may be stopping something so something better can happen. And as you've That's been talking it. about that, yeah. all of a sudden, Jay, I saw hmm. myself. Because you know what? When I was a young guy, I wanted to be a leader. Mm -hmm. And I interpreted that to be in politics. Right. And I gave my life to a political career. And you know what? I wasn't so bad at that either. I bet and not. I loved it. And to my utter astonishment, I, I found myself as a young guy who had actually gone some distance down the road. I was representing my hometown, the city of Seattle, in the state legislature, and I loved it. Wow. And then the district boundaries were redrawn and I was redistricted out of my seat and I was thrown into another seat where I couldn't, I couldn't overcome the incumbents in that in the next election. And I found myself ultimately by the curb. And wait a minute, I thought, Lord, I, I played by the rules. I'm a nice guy. Right. I want to honor you <laughs> right, right, with my political right. career. I saw politics as a way in which I could do the common good and be a voice for righteous thinking and so on. And Still, politics is a noble calling, I think. But for me, it wasn't God's hand on my life. Right. And it was a wrecking ball. Right, I just right. said, it. it was a wrecking ball. I was redistributed out. Now, the consequence of that was I was left by the curb, not sure what to do. Mm. And my church family knocked on my door and said, you know what? We think you should be our pastor. And I'm looking like, no way. I'm not a pastor. Right. But here we are all these right. years on. And I'm realizing maybe I was a Tower of Babel. That's right. It wasn't that skyscrapers are evil. It just was not exactly. my job to build it. Exactly, Jim. And that's a great point. I want people to understand that, that uh, these things that we try to do can be wholly good. They can be starting off with a godly ambition, with a, with a good moral ambition. But, but here's the point about God we often miss. He knows everything. He knows your future. He knows that even though you've started off in this way, something that may happen in the future that will turn your ambition selfish, it may wreck your family. And so he's more willing to bring down what it is that you've started, even if on the outside it looks beautiful and it looks good and it looks right. If it's going to end up in a way that's not going to serve his purpose for your life in a greater way, he'll bring it down. And I think it would be so refreshing to hear more believers and more people in general just say, you know what? I need to hold on loosely to some of these things. If it's not the Lord's will, then I need to be ready to let that go. Because if not, he will wreck it out of love. And every wreckage yes. is an opportunity. That's right. For a new day, a new way, new life, and maybe new commitment to a revealed purpose of God in our lives. I right. mean, honestly, that's the... The great takeaway here, we often look at the Tower of Babel story as one of great disappointment and confusion. Right. And, right. and there was that. Right. I mean, we can't walk Absolutely. away from the fact right. that these people became very confused. Right. And that's manifested in the way in which they stopped talking to each other in a common language. Right. But the story doesn't stop there. Right. And actually, the chapters that follow continue to 
display the unfolding plan of God to develop a people from whom is going to come the Messiah. That's right. To whom all of us might be drawn so that life might be abundant for all of us. And and it had to be interrupted right. back then and how many other times exactly. from then until now right. and in our own lives. But wow, That's if I could just look at image, my yeah. if I could look at my wrecking ball experiences as yes. opportunities to realign with God more closely. Isn't he amazing, Jim? Just to just to hear you share that, to think about God in this way, that that he is willing to wreck uh, in order to save. And, and he does that in such a way that still r- fulfills his greater purpose to redeem all men and all mankind and bring us along for the ride. And he still takes the time to, to say, hey, I'm about to wreck your plans here, but hang on because they're going to fit back in later in my greater narrative of, of your life and those around you. I mean, I just, I just can't wrap my, hand, uh, my head around that sometimes. And boy, I'd, I'd like to spend more time in, in resting and, and, and spending time with that God instead of the one that I see so often on the weekends, which has me scurrying about like a chicken with my head cut off. And I got to remind myself of that too. It is, uh, it is God's plans that will prevail and um, always out of love. So amazing. With every wrecking ball, there's a construction crane waiting Yes. To build something new. That's right. If we'll just turn around and allow it to work in our lives. And he wants you to be a part of it. That's right. All right. We're not sure where you are in life today. I know that I'm at Quack Daddy's and it's filled with life. And this is a place where donuts are made custom. And guess what? Each of us has a unique and custom purpose in the eyes of God. He has created you for a purpose. Sometimes we, we get off point. We forget to turn left when he asks us to turn left and we start going to the right. But he will intervene because he loves us. And today, wherever you are in life, if you're facing a disappointment, you feel like a wrecking ball has, has come in. And truth be told, maybe it was the devil's wreck. Could be. But even that can be redeemed by God if you surrender That's to him. Right. And maybe even God is loving you so much, he's not letting you go forward farther on the course you're on today. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, know this. God has a plan for you. God loves you. And whatever you have dreamed for yourself, his dream is better How do you connect to that? You surrender your life into his hand. How do you do that? Start with us right now by praying. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know every one of us and that you have conceived us yourself. Before the foundation of the world, you knew us. And you have breathed into us life just here and now for your purposes. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who helps us see you and who interacts with us through his spirit. And we surrender our lives, Lord, into his hand. Maybe we've been building the Tower of Babel and it's stopped and we don't know why. Maybe we've tried to construct something by our own imagination, but somehow we just can't get it done and we don't know why. Lord, we surrender our lives, our half-completed buildings, all the things that we can't finish. We just give them to you now and admit that we're powerless by ourselves and that we ourselves are flawed. We're sinners. And we ask for your forgiveness and your presence and your grace and your Holy Spirit to take us to a new place, cause us to be born again and completely yours and lead us to that new assignment, Lord, that we can see that what we were working on was not as cool, not as life-giving, not as wonderful as what you are calling us to build. I pray for everyone who's joining me in this prayer, Lord, that they will this week find encouragement before one week passes by. May they see your hand redirecting them for the good. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Now, if you'd like to know more about how you could understand the Scripture, how you could understand Jesus, how you could understand your own journey, give us a call. We want to talk to you. We don't have all the answers, but we know the one who does. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're right by the phone. We want to hear your voice. And Jay, if someone did not want to call us but would prefer an online contact, where would they go? Sure, Jim. They can go to www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, cbhviewpoint.org. Read about the ministry there. Also, send us an email. We will reply. Or if you prefer, just write me a letter. Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please let us hear from you. The Lord has brought you into this program today. Jay Harvey, thanks for sharing your book, The Wrecking Absolutely. Ball. You know what? If you'll send us a note at cbhviewpoint.org, we'll try and get you a copy of the book. Absolutely. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening today. For all of us at the Viewpoint team gathered right now at Quack Daddy's Donut Custom Shop in Middleton, <laughs> Indiana, we say God bless. And for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, we say thanks for listening. Stay tuned.